Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Self Love Story. I am your host, Olivia. I hope that you are all having a good start to 2024. I hope that you're all doing well. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, please do rate, review, share, do all the things that really, really help your girl out wherever you listen. I really appreciate all the feedback and all the messages that I've received. I really appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you've clicked on this week's episode, you will see this week's topic is internalized misogyny. Now, this concept was something new to me. I recently learned about this in the last few years. I actually learned about it through Florence Gibbons' book. The book is called Women Don't Owe You Pretty. However, internalized misogyny is something that's probably not spoken about enough, especially in the kind of more modern, kind of socially aware era that we're in at the moment. Although it's absolutely not perfect and there is still work to do, we are probably as aware of the patriarchy, of sexism, of misogyny than we've ever been and more in a position to call it out, make changes and recognise it. And often this is aimed at men, right? It's aimed at men to recognise their own privilege, in particular kind of cishet white middle class men. However, I don't think we, and, and I'm speaking on behalf of my generation and I'm sure other people can relate to this, I'm not sure it's even a conscious thing how much internalised misogyny is brainwashed into us as girls and then women. And there's been a couple of things in the media that I've seen recently and that have made me think about this a bit more recently. The first is the Taylor Swift Golden Globes joke saga. Unless you've kind of been living under a rock or haven't really got social media, which if you don't, fair play. The host of the Golden Globes this year was a man, I think he was called Joe Coy, and I don't think that'll be a name that sticks around for ages, as he was a flop. The jokes were awful. And he made a joke that the Golden Globes are different to NFL games because there's less photos of Taylor Swift. Taylor just politely kind of drank her drink, didn't respond to it, And rightly so, she is there as a performer herself. She has made a movie, a film herself that was nominated. So it kind of just felt a bit old and tired in that old recycled joke of Taylor and her boyfriends. And that was the focus instead of her own achievements. At the same event, a joke was made about the Barbie movie by the host. And he basically said something along the lines that Oppenheimer was a cinematic masterpiece based on a 900 or something page document and Barbie is a movie about a plastic doll with big boobs. Yeah, tell me you've missed the whole point in Barbie without telling me you've missed the whole point. I feel like his joke just proved the point of why Barbie made the movie with that message. But Ryan Gosling fairly didn't laugh and kind of looked at him like what are you doing (laughs) and if you want a laugh I would go and look at celebrity reactions to the jokes Selena Gomez literally puts her head in her hands they are bad jokes and they are at the expense of people 
and they're just not funny. However, Ryan Gosling was appraised, particularly by men, for his reaction for being like, yes, Ryan, don't laugh, blah, blah, blah. However, the comments for Taylor Swift were, oh my God, she can't take a joke. Oh my gosh, it's just a joke. It's not that deep. Oh my God, she's so stuck up. The reactions were almost exactly the same between the two of them. And Ryan was praised and Taylor wasn't. And Taylor herself has said a quote that a man can react and a woman can only overreact. And she just proved the point there. They had the exact same reaction. Ryan was praised and she was called a stuck up bitch. Then recently, as you will probably know, there's been all this stuff about Ariana Grande and her being a quote homewrecker, end quote. And whilst personally I am completely off the mindset that I can totally sympathise with Ethan Slater's wife to give birth to your baby, to be married, to be together for over a decade, to be divorced for days before he's in a relationship with Ariana Grande, that shit has got to hurt. And I 100% do agree that she is the victim in all of this. I do believe that. Ariana Grande has been incessantly called a homewrecker. She's had hateful comments on her Instagram. She's had to limit her comments and then made it all worse by releasing a video and a song which is called Yes And and it's basically saying that she's just living her most authentic life and kind of this flippant I don't really care and it does come across disrespectful to his ex-wife. However, he had vows to her. He is the father. He is or was the husband. Ariana Grande is not responsible for his actions and I've seen a lot of dragging of Ariana and not enough of holding him accountable for his poor behaviour. And unfortunately a lot of this behaviour comes from women. So it felt like a good time to talk about internalised misogyny, what that looks like, what is it and why it is so harmful to all of us. To all of us at the end of the day and what we can do to recognise and try and basically untrain our brain from thinking that way. I see it in myself, you know, and the people I know how quick we are to have internalised misogyny as part of our everyday life. So many of the common phrases we use are rooted in misogyny. So imagine if women actually were able to heal from this and join forces we would literally take over the world and the patriarchal society wants us to pit ourselves against each other because it's to continue the oppression of women and to oppress our power. If you think I'm being dramatic, literally just do do some research on this and you will see exactly what I mean. So internalised misogyny itself is a kind of form of sexist attitudes, behaviours, preconceptions, of women, by women. And this can either be towards ourselves as women or towards other women. And it is also psychologically a form of internalised oppression. And by oppression, I mean oppression of women by men, by the patriarchy. And it's defined as oppressive practices that continue to make the rounds even when members of the oppressor group are not present. So basically, internalised misogyny is a way of keeping women in their box, even when men aren't around. That's an oversimplification of that, but that's the basic of it. So why does it happen? Why is this 
so normal or normalized. There are so many insidious ways misogyny comes about in our everyday as women. And the fact that it's internalized means it's not something you're necessarily conscious of. And you may think when we're talking about this, well, of course, I don't believe women, you know, are inferior. Of course, I don't believe that they should be made to feel shameful for things. However, even in the most woke or socially conscious feminist, it's there. It's 100% there. And the fact that it's internalized means that we have basically taken this on board as our self-beliefs, our moral code, our standard to which we should or perceive that we should hold other women to. This is basically a a kind of effect of the patriarchal system we live in. It allows that oppression of women to be perpetuated by women. So you're basically doing the dirty work for the oppressors. I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this will be the victims of this internalised misogyny, internalised sexism. And oftentimes when we are the victim of that, we take that on board and project it onto others. This is not an episode where I'm dragging men or saying they're to blame. They are victims of the society we live in as well and toxic masculinity and these standards that they feel they should have to live up to as well it doesn't benefit anyone i just want you to make that clear for any men listening that i am not in this episode going to drag men as a whole i'm going to talk about the system that we live in and have lived in has allowed us all to allow these insidious thought patterns to bleed into our brains there's toxicity in a lot of messages and even when you watch TV shows from 10, 15 years ago, you can't believe that they were allowed. Jersey Shore, the way they talk about women is wild. And often it's women talking about women like that. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today in terms of recognising signs that you may have internalised misogyny is the need to put down or look down on other women. We may look at ourselves as the exception or one of the select few women. I'm different, I'm not like other girls. It's just basically putting down women in general. But making negative remarks about how how other women may look, how other women may act. And this brings me on to a point that I can't believe that we didn't notice this at the time when being called basic and calling girls basic was in fact internalized misogyny at its finest. When I say a basic girl you're probably thinking of the pumpkin spice latte, yoga, winter, cozy jumpers, loves Taylor Swift, kind of girly girl and it was actually Julia Fox that said she realized her own internalized misogyny when she made fun of basic quote girls and the stereotypical basic girl may behave in a way that is deemed feminine, that is deemed kind of typical of a woman. And to call that basic is to just put someone down for enjoying things that might be feminine. So what if somebody wants to drink a pumpkin spice latte? So what if they like Taylor Swift? Why do you feel better than for putting them down? Why is that something you enjoy? to devalue this femininity and enjoyment of the little things in life is a subtle way to suppress someone else's joy, happiness, 
feminine expression, to basically put someone else down to make you feel better, to discourage someone else's happiness, which isn't hurting anyone else, is a way to force them to stay in a box, to deny themselves of enjoying life as a woman, and to feel shame for doing so. And whether you like to hear this or not, labelling other women as basic is basically a projection onto other women about how they should act and behave. It's got a total disregard and if you do that, stop it. Please, let's just let each other be happy. If it's not hurting anyone, then why do you care? What are you trying to prove when you put down a woman for enjoying things? Another way it might show up in a similar thread is perpetuating negative stereotypes of particular genders. So I have actually heard a few people saying things like, if there's a driver in front who isn't driving well and it ends up to be a female, you know, the bloody women drivers, or if you're angry at someone, you know, somebody asking you if you're on your period, it's fucking infuriating. And just be mindful of what you're perpetuating if you do have these thoughts or say things that categorise women into a negative stereotype. Unfortunately, something else I have seen recently is justifying abuse towards women, harassment or poor treatment of them by inferring that they're asking for it or they are somehow at fault or that they're making a big deal of something. An example of this is if a woman's assaulted or hurt on the way home, I'm thinking of the Sarah Everard case. Some people unbelievably have said, you know, well, she walked home alone. And it just blows my mind. We should, in theory, be able to walk home naked and alone and be able to make a home alive. Another thing that might be internalised misogyny is asking what a victim was wearing with regards to them being assaulted. My previous point stands, you should be able to walk home naked and alone and make it home alive and not be assaulted. Victim blaming is a very real thing and unfortunately often it does come from other women and it is unfortunate in this world that as females, as women or as anyone else who may be in a marginalised group or a group that may be less safe than the norm to walk home alone at night, they are not to blame for what happens to them. The men attacking them are to blame for attacking them. Don't be one of those people who puts the blame on the victim for any reason. I'm going to make this point for the third time. We should be able to walk home naked and make it home alive. What people are wearing has nothing to do with assault and it does absolutely not justify assault. And another way that this comes up and it's very insidious and I myself have absolutely been guilty of it is when you hear of women who are perhaps in abusive relationships, have stayed in abusive relationships or have kind of stayed in a situation with someone who may be dangerous and we say things, well, why didn't they leave? Why did she stay with them? Why is she more concerned about being polite? And it's a very concealed way of blaming women for their own victimisation. And it's almost a way of rationalising or simplifying injustice in a way, or perhaps your own fear. You maybe make yourself feel better by saying, well, I wouldn't have stayed. Instead of thinking, you know, this person has been borne down by repeated abuse that their rational mind isn't functioning well. And I'm going to get into the next point, which may be triggering for a lot of people, that I'm not like other girls. Pick me girls, often on TikTok is what they're called. I'm a cool girl. 
the cool girl is the one who might sit and drink beers with the guys and she's not like other girls and she doesn't like hanging out with other girls they're super chill they don't get angry they understand you can do what you want and long story short are being completely walked over in the name of being cool if you are claiming that you're one of the guys and that you're chill are you or are you ignoring all urges and feelings to come across as a cool girl to keep a guy the cool girl doesn't complain about the casual misogyny in everyday life she says she doesn't like drama this isn't a badge of honor to ostracize yourself from other women does not make you better than them to be ignorant of their own misogyny in front of you to reinforce stereotypes that most women are not cool or kind people nah that's not something to be proud of in my eyes anyway i would rather be called crazy and stand up for myself stand up for other women stand up for what's right than be one of the cool girls and just be mindful of how much conformity really is behind that are you one of the cool girls or or are you letting slide your own standards for the sake of someone else the next thing i'm going to talk about is quite a broad topic something we're all aware of slut shaming if you're like me and you hear this you think i would never slut shame another woman however i will be the first to admit that my brain has been misogynistic to other women particularly in the past for example if a female friend of yours or someone you know sleeps with a guy on the first date and you internally judge her that is your own internalized misogyny especially when that same judgment doesn't necessarily apply to the man in that situation even the way we look at women in terms of only fans or women who enjoy more casual things i 100 percent have my own internalized or had my own internalized judgment towards that i did and i've seen people you know not want to get in a relationship with a woman with a girl because she slept with too many guys i don't often see that the other way around i don't often see women saying you know he slept with too many women and again often it comes from women and there's such an element of shame with women just existing in the same way men do again i bring it back to taylor swift she has been the butt of the joke that she has boyfriends after boyfriends after boyfriends and writes songs about them and again she made the point nobody says that about ed sheeran nobody says that about bruno mars nobody has given chris brown any hate for the way that he talks about women in his songs after he has literally been charged with violence against women he gets held to a lower standard than taylor swift does and i'm not saying this in a way that only taylor swift has been a victim but just in terms of slut shaming it would be wrong to not discuss that double standard that is there and if we've grown up absorbing that of course parts of our brain the deep parts of our brain are going to project that and i almost feel like women are made to feel like they are not worthy of being married or you know meeting a husband if they've slept with too many people there's a sense of guilt and shame there and actually it does remind me of back to my first one of my first points telly years ago in Geordie Shore I'm really showing the kind of tv shows I used to watch but in Geordie Shore there was a storyline between two people called Kyle and Holly and they were basically dating pretty much in a relationship but he wasn't willing to be her boyfriend because of her quote past 
end quote, because she had slept with too many guys. She had been a, insert derogatory word here, whereas he had done the exact same. He had slept with loads of women. It's actually infuriating to look back on. The worst part is a lot of women agreed with him. A lot of women were just as judgmental. And you see a lot of hatred towards women who own their sexuality, who use it as a platform, who use it as a means to make money. And a lot of men and women hate that they are using the one thing that's used against them to make money, to have a platform, to tune into that power that we're ingrained to be ashamed of or to cover up. Anyway, that's a little bit of a ramble. But basically, if you are judging other girls for how they date, I mean, unless they're like cheating on people, then yes, call them out. But if a girl is wanting to casually date and you feel some kind of way about that, that might be your internalized misogyny coming through. And I would say definitely in the past, I have fully been guilty of this. And I tried to work out why I myself was triggered by that. Is it because they're living their most free, authentic life, whereas I still have that internalized shame who knows and the last thing i'm going to say is another way internalized misogyny comes out is the way that you talk to your single friends and this is an episode i'm going to focus on as a single woman who is 30 and is very happy being single the amount of unsolicited advice i get is infuriating it's infuriating and again it's often other women who give me unsolicited advice that I might meet someone one day and I've got to put myself out there and I need to be less picky and I'll meet someone someday. I don't see anyone going out of their way to give unsolicited advice to a 30 year old man in my position who's happy. Why are you giving it to me? It's so heteronormative, it's so judgy And it's so obvious that it comes from a place of deep misogyny, that somehow I am less than unless I have a man attached to me. If that's what you want, if you want to be married to a man, if you're dating a man and you're happy, I love that for you. Great. By all means, live your best life. However, the problem I have is that women often can't accept that that's not necessarily what other women want, just because they're not fitting into the cookie cutter pattern that society has ingrained in us we should do does not mean that you need to give them advice and in fact I often do feel that when other women give me this advice it's because they are triggered that women who are in their 30s and are empowered to be happily single are a bit of a threat to an ego and a reminder that perhaps they might not be as strong-willed and demanding of a certain standard. And I used that term demanding in a good way. Again, if you're in a happy, committed, loving relationship with a man or with a woman, anyone, that is fantastic, great, love that for you. Stop trying to tell other people to do the same. You're showing your own internalised misogyny. Women can be happy alone. In fact, most women I know who are the happiest are single. And again, I am in no way trying to put you down if you're in a happy relationship. Great. But a lot of people 
aren't in happy relationships and feel that that is better. It's better for women to have a man and be unhappy than to not have a man. And it goes back to this old fashioned patriarchal misogynistic view of life. So just be mindful of you projecting your own internalized misogyny onto other women. How do we change it? How do we stop this? Well, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, I first read the book three, four years ago and even still I'm having to kind of call out my own brain. But imagine the power we would have if all of us did that. Imagine the force, the change that we could bring about if we were all on each other's team, if we all unwound all of this misogyny we have ingrained in us from such a young age. But the first step to solving the problem is being aware of it. So I hope this episode has educated you in some way. I hope that the examples were helpful. Even clicking play on this episode is a step in the right direction and a way to recognise where the work needs done in all of us. Like I said, I have to check myself every day to not let that voice come back. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. I really appreciate all the love, support, messages and everything I've got. Please rate and review wherever you listen. It will really, really, really help me out. And I shall see you next week. Bye.